Hey guys, welcome back to the Everyday Christian Podcast. I'm your host, Chase Green. This is a podcast where we remind ourselves that God deserves every praise from every creature every day. This is a podcast with the Scattered Abroad Network. Make sure you go and check out all the various podcasts that we have to offer. And uh, we are transitioning away from scatteredabroad.org. And the reason why is because uh, the Scattered Abroad Network is becoming a part of the work of the Memphis School of Preaching. So I think the goal is to uh, transition our website over to uh, msop.org at some point. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, but did want to comment about this quickly, uh, as that was announced maybe a week or two ago. So uh, we are very, very excited that the Scattered Rod Network is becoming uh, a part of the work of the Memphis School of Preaching. Certainly, uh, I appreciate my time at Memphis very, very much, enjoyed it very much, learned so much about preaching and, and about the Word of God itself. So just excited to announce that. We've got uh, kind of a, a brief episode this week. And uh, this is from actually from a sermon that I preached. It's called Overcome Evil with Good. Now, if you want the, the full version of this, I do plan on putting that sermon on Sermon of the Week, uh, Lord willing, next year, uh, starting in January. I, I think I'll put this in the Sermon of the Week podcast that we hope to get back up and running. But anyways, I just want to give you a brief rundown of those thoughts for the episode of Everyday Christian this week. One of my favorite verses in uh, the book of Romans is Romans 12, verse 21. It does say, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Now, I want to talk to you about the existence of evil in the world. You know, one of the atheist's first arguments that he will try to make as to why he does not believe in God is the existence of evil, pain, and suffering in the world. Well, I want you to think about that. Is that evidence uh, for the lack of a God? You know, we need to be able to give an answer uh, for these sorts of of uh, problems that the atheist will, will bring up. First Peter three verse fifteen. And so, in order to answer that, we need to understand that with all of the evil that does exist in the world, and there are many examples of that. You can look at history the Holocaust, uh, Stalin, Pol Pot, slavery, different things that have existed in history that clearly show that there is evil in the world. Is it not the case that there must be an all good that is an alternative to evil, that uh, counters evil? I would argue that uh, the existence of evil shows that there must be a, a good, an alternative good that exists, and that alternative, that ultimate good and alternative is God. We uh, we certainly know where evil comes from. It comes from the depths of depravity of uh, human hearts. But where does good come from? You know, for every instance of bad things that people do, we could also give some instances of good things that people do from time to time as well. Where does that come from? Where do those good things come from? Ultimately, it comes from a good God who designed uh, good for the world. And so I think we need to be careful when we answer this question and really turn that right back around uh, on the atheist when he, he asked the question, how can there be a, a God when uh, there's so much evil, pain, and suffering in this world? Well, the atheist would further say, but why would 
and almighty, all-powerful, all-knowing, and all-good God allow us to suffer? Well, two things on that. First of all, I always go back to the fact that sin is the ultimate reason why evil, pain, and suffering uh, is found in the world. And that's not God's fault. That's man's fault. And ultimately, it's the devil's fault uh, as well. You go and you read in Genesis chapter 1, and you're going to find the words six times, it was good, as God was creating the world. And then, as God creates man, he says, it was very good. So, sin is really the problem. It's what causes evil, pain, and suffering. But the other thing that I want, want to mention here is that not all pain is bad, per se. And the reason I say that is because the human body actually needs pain in order to act as an alarm system. For instance, if you have a fever and it doesn't feel good, it's painful, uh, it shows you that there's something wrong and you need to get that looked at. And hopefully you will go and, and get the proper medical attention that you need and you'll be well again soon. So fever, pain in that instance, actually helps you to uh, be able to resolve whatever the sickness is. There are other examples that we could look at such as that. But when it comes to the idea of suffering, I want you to think about Romans 5, verses 1 through 5. I'll kind of allude to uh, what I have planned for next season of the Everyday Christian Podcast. And that is the struggle is real. And so what we're going to look at, Lord willing, next season is various struggles that Christians face. But as we think about those struggles... Notice what Romans 5, verses 1 through 5 says. It says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. Paul says that we are to glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. And perseverance, what does it produce? It produces character. And character, it produces hope. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who is given to us. And so we need to understand then that the various trials that we face in life, they actually uh, push us forward in such a way that we become stronger. Uh, the saying and the song goes, uh, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And that's true. And so sufferings that we face, they help us actually to keep our eyes fixated on Christ, to uh, make us stronger, to be able to help other people who end up going through some of the same struggles that we have as well. And so the atheist doesn't have that idea when it comes to suffering. You know, the atheist has no concept of rejoicing in suffering. But the Christian does. I think back to Matthew uh, chapter 5, verses 10 through 12, at the end of the Beatitudes. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Again, the atheist cannot wrap his mind around that because the atheist looks at pain and suffering and he turns it around and tries to throw that in the face of God and say, how can you exist? 
the Christian has a much, much, much different viewpoint uh, on this this matter of the existence of evil in the world. Well, here's another thing I want to bring out, and that is that the darker that the world becomes because of sin, and certainly we do live in a dark, sin-marred world, but the darker that the world becomes, the brighter the light shines. One of the things that I love about the Gospel of John is the introduction of that Gospel account. Notice uh, John 1, verses 1 through 18. It says, In the beginning was the Word, capital W, so this is talking about Jesus, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life. Now, what is man's greatest enemy, physically speaking? Death. And uh, death is caused by the spiritual enemy, which is sin, of course. And uh, that's uh, Romans 6, verse 23. The wages of sin is death. So our greatest enemy is death, but what did Jesus come to give? He came to give life. It goes on and it says, And the life was the light of men. What is one of the most common phobias uh, among men, especially little children? Is it not the darkness? You know, I think about when I was a kid, I definitely was afraid of the dark. But uh, Jesus provides the light. And the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness did not comprehend it. The, the darkness did not overwhelm, did not overcome the light. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This is John the Baptist. This man came for a witness, to bear witness of the light, that all through him might believe. He was not that light. John the Baptist was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light, which is Jesus. That was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh, and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness of him, and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness we have all received, and grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son who is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. Don't you just love John's introduction to his gospel account? Now try and tell me that we don't have hope in this world that is marred by sin. We absolutely have hope today. Well, finally, I want us to discuss overcoming evil with good. Again, Romans 12, verse 21, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Let's talk about trials, overcoming trials. Trials affect all of us. The human experience is marred by trials, difficulties because of sin. But how do we overcome the trials and the setbacks that stand in our way? Well, it comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. This is how we overcome. And it is that we, we realize that Jesus already overcame. Jesus already 
conquered death. He gained the victory over death. He is the giver of life, and therefore we can have access to eternal life as well. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58. Paul uh, concludes chapter 15 of 1 Corinthians where he says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. <clears throat> what about temptations? Uh, the things that the devil tries to get us to do that are sinful, uh, things such as the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. How do we defeat our temptations? Well, the key is to wield the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, Ephesians 6, verse 17. We need to hide that word in our hearts that we might not sin against God, Psalm 119, verse 11. And when the devil comes a-calling, we need to resist him. The Bible says that he will flee from us, James 4, verse 7. Now, in addition to knowing the word of God, I think another key to resisting the devil is that we need to remain humble and we always must be willing to repent when needed. The next few verses in James chapter 4, looking at verses 8 through 10, says, Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. We're talking about overcoming evil with good. And we've talked about the various trials of life and overcoming those. We're talking about uh, the various temptations that we face to sin and how to overcome those. But finally, I want us to talk about the ultimate test of our faithfulness in my estimation. And what I mean by that is if we truly are the saved, as we can read about in the Bible, if we have uh, done what God told us to do to be saved, we've put all our faith in him and we've obeyed his gospel, we've been baptized into Christ, having repented of our sins and confessed faith in Christ, if we've done that, then to me the test of our faith going forward after all of that, well, there's several things, but one of the big things is, are we willing to share our faith? Are we willing to tell others about Jesus through evangelism? Romans 1, verse 16, Paul was not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. Paul went and told others. Uh, pretty much immediately after his conversion, he went and told others about Jesus Christ. James 5, verse number 20, says, Let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. That's pretty important. We need to make sure that we're doing everything in our power as Christians, as everyday Christians, to share the good news of the love of Christ with those around us. Are you doing your part to overcome evil with good, or have you found yourself... Uh, being the one who is overcome with evil. Only you can answer that for yourself, and of course God knows the answer to that as well. So that is my encouragement for you for this week of the Everyday Christian Podcast. Make sure you go back and check it, check out uh, last week's episode, Preacher Survey Says, Part 2. That was with Jameson Stewart and Michael Clark. Really enjoyed that episode. Uh, go check out the Part 1 a few weeks back before that with uh, Michael Clark only on that one and myself. But... Uh, Anyways, appreciate you for sticking with us uh, throughout 
the podcast this season. We've just got uh, two or three more episodes, and then the season will be over. Uh, But we appreciate you so much for tuning in to the Everyday Christian Podcast.